With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It, that's, the, that's a point in the training where you have to let the person fail, and it's hard. It's super difficult. So, Is it, is it like the Kobayashi Maru? Gesundheit. <laughs> you don't even know what that is? No. <gasps> Turn in your nerd card. Give us back your minion. <laughs> What is wrong with you? Do you want to go bigger, better, better, more? Are you ready to level up your life? Are you ready to be awesome? Now is the time. And this is Success Freaks. Welcome, welcome everyone to the number one You Owe Me Yo comedic motivational show otherwise known as Success Freaks. Today's working title is episode 272 entitlement and today we're coming at you alive from gastonia north carolina and phoenix arizona in phoenix arizona is that happy gal that's me (laughs) it's kirsten i love the like rev up i get every time it's kirsten the crowd goes mediocre (laughs) <laughs> or we just say mild. The crowd goes mild. I was wondering which Renaissance Festival show I was parroting badly. <laughs> I guess it's yours. Mobby. Yeah. Sorry. Big fan. Love your work. Hey. I, I, I was out at the festival this week and I told somebody, and I can't remember who, somebody that likes that likes beauty stuff, some young person, and I told him about your show. Oh, well, that's so sweet. To, Thank you. To find you. I appreciate ya. it. To find you. Oh, oh, thank you. Yeah. I actually have had so much footage that I've filmed for like in the last few months that uh, I've buckled down and I've started editing it and pushing the content out. And it's a weird um, kind of assault of a lot of me at once on my channel. But you know what? It's my channel and I don't really know what other people or what people would be expecting to see otherwise. So, hey, there you go. What do you what else would you put exactly? On as far that's as what I, I mean. That's all you but, do. But I mean normally I don't do like a video a day, but I have so much content and I've uh. just been like trying to crank it out and it's so some of it's old. Like it's still relevant, but I filmed it like a month and a half ago. So when I'm talking about like and my birthday was last week, that was definitely two months ago. So, you know. Well, when you edit that you can put that I in. do, I do. Old. Hey, you don't hey. Five five years on YouTube, homie. I you're right. no, you're right. I know you're how right. to do a you're notation, right. all right? I'm still waiting for you to help out, you know, on this side of the fence. It's not rocket surgery. Well, your your YouTube knowledge. Um, You haven't asked for help. We just spent Uh, 30 minutes talking before the show. And now you're going to call me out and be like, how come you never help me? Help help me, Kirsten. You're my only hope. (laughs) Entitlement. (laughs) I get fart noises. Yeah, you're welcome. Take that to the bank. You're like, you're like, pay me, business. <laughs> Take that to the bank. <laughs> All right. So anyways, <laughs> entitlement. The reason for the show, speaking with a friend of mine, I was working at the festival 
And it actually, actually, Success Freaks Kim from way, way back when she was Success Freaks Kim. She she manages uh, the wax hands and lotion candles. You, and she has a. You know my story about what? Success Freaks Kim, right? I don't. Am I going to recall? No, 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 no. This? this was maybe like four years ago at the festival. We were chatting. And so, how long have you been doing Success Freaks? About four years, right? No, it's it's since 2011. So Okay, I, that's what I thought. I thought you had been doing it for, for like a, a good year. And we were talking about something and we were at your cart and you were like, oh, hey, come over here. Let me show you. Let me let me introduce you to Kim and, and we'll get you a candle because you know how much I love candles. And right. you introduced me to her and she turned around and she's like, hi. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're success freaks, Kim. And that's how I address her. And everybody <laughs> laughed. <laughs> that's, that's the awesome. story. I'm drinking coffee now. That's, that's your awesome. turn to talk. Okay. Okay. Good. Here we go. So, anyways, talking to her, and you can meet her again. Uh, you know, when we get to Arizona, I will address her once know, again as Success Freaks Kim, and she'll be like, "I don't do that." Anymore. She'll be like, "That's a that was a phase. We don't talk about it." It was a phase. A phase. <laughs> she phased herself out. Anyways, talking to her, and she was talking about somebody that needed to go to work and getting out there. And I said, "Well, how is this person doing?" She says. Well, you know they're they're okay. They're actually they're actually doing very well compared to the way they they used to, and they they want to show me how hard they're working. And I'm like, is are they, they have a hard time with that? She goes, yeah, she's had a hard time holding down a job and doing all this. In fact, all my all my, and then she started in our, on uh, she attached it to millennials, and I don't know that that's that that's just where it should be, but I'm because that's what she said. She's like a lot of them are growing up with little to no coping skills. Because she's finding that that their parents have have for whatever reason coddled them quite a bit, the parents have fixed things for them. You know, one of the examples is with the with the rich richer kids, where they get them a car, and they pay for the insurance, and they take you know if they get a ticket, well then oh don't worry, daddy will pay for that or anything. She goes like I have no problem them buying a car, but they need to learn the value of it. They need to be able to to pay for things. And my own personal story is whenever I hear somebody who's talking about insurance, I'm like. If you can, pay for it yourself. I wish that I had. I did not. My parents paid for mine for quite a while. Not not till I was 30, but, you know, for quite a while while I was living in the house. I would have learned how to take care of that stuff much younger. As it was, it wasn't until my, my 30s where I started taking care of stuff on my own a lot more. And so I was a really late bloomer when it came to getting out there and and you know moving and shaking and jiving and trying to to make something of my life it's more like well things are just going to come to me things are going to come my way which is great for law of attraction but no bueno when you need some follow through you know the opportunities drop in your lap but if you have no coping skills when you run into trouble you're going to tend to go oh well, I don't want to do this I'll do something else I, in fact I watched this with uh with uh, one of the children in one of the houses I live with whenever he's playing a video game with us, the adults, and we're all playing together, and he does badly, he quits. Or if he's playing another game, he quits versus toughing it out and getting better and, and doing whatever. And, and sure, we're just talking about games. However, in, the, in real life somewhere, what's going to happen when you, know, you, you join that job and you just, oh, this is much more work than I wanted it to be. I'm going to quit. So... Well, that's true. Um, I, when you told me we were talking about, or when you, you know, suggested that we discuss this topic today, um, this is something that I feel really strongly about. I feel like a lot of people are entitled, and there's a big difference between feeling entitled to something and having earned it. 
and feeling genuinely upset that you've worked so hard to earn something that is still not being not given to you, but that, you know, something that you've earned and worked very hard for and done everything you've been asked and more and exceeded. And then it's still not being given to you like a job, for instance, like you have to get a degree in this. You have to have this many years of work experience and 10 references and you get not only a bachelor's, but like a master's and you have five extra years of work experience and then you have 15 references and it still goes to somebody less qualified. That, I mean, I feel like that's, that's, people would be like, oh, don't feel entitled. Well, like I don't feel entitled, but I did everything I was supposed to. Like I earned it. I went beyond. And I think entitled to me, I'm sorry for no. interrupting, but entitled to me means like, like you just said, you didn't really earn it. You just expect it. Right. But I think, you know, or for very little, effort. as someone who is 28 years old and my generation, it is so funny because I was talking to a friend about this last night and, uh, in, in less polite terms, I was talking about people who are about 10 years younger than me are typically pretty crappy. And my generation is still, we're just mildly crappy. Because we, you know, when we were growing up, we still had to go outside and play and we didn't have as much technology like as there is now. We didn't have PlayStations and stuff like we had like super like Duck Hunt on like Nintendo. You know what I mean? Like we didn't have what we have now. Video games were cool, but they kind of suck. So you're like, all right, right I'm bored like, with this. let's go. Right. Outside. 20 minutes of this. And like, I'm going to go ride my bike for five hours. So but, you know, we we're kind of right there in the middle. And I think, though, because I kind of have like a foot in each in each side I really highly feel and I I get this way so often when I hear people who are like older than me going oh your generation is just the worst I'm like you know I feel like that is such a crutch to lean on for people who don't think that we worked as hard as they did because we didn't have to work the same way they did technology has made a huge difference in how people get stuff done I think like degrees, for instance, I think bachelor's degrees are are honestly, I think they're worth less than they used to be because of the way I earned mine versus the way somebody earned one 20 years ago because of technology. But that doesn't mean I didn't work my tushy off to do a bachelor's degree in three years. And I just I, I see both sides of it, but it's still every time somebody goes, oh, your generation is just the worst. You never work for anything. I just go, you work but at the same time then I see people who are younger than me and I'm like oh they're the worst so <laughs> I mean like oh the hypocrisy is strong in this one I will admit that highly but I the thing is and I think this is what we're going to be getting to further on is I don't think it's constructive to just say oh they're entitled Meh. I think if there's somebody who could use some coaching and some guidance and maybe a little bit of a, you know, punch in the face from the fist of reality um, that we we give that to them. Because I think just sitting there complaining that the next generation is awful is just like, hey, you get off my lawn. It's just crotchety. And it's like, it's just, it's not constructive. You know what I mean? I do. I do. But you know what? I think we should discuss this more in the next segment. And we'll be right back. Hunger isn't a faraway problem. One in seven Americans live with hunger. At Islamic Relief USA, we think it's up to the other six to share our food with our neighbors. Islamic Relief USA is packing up food and bringing it to communities in need. As always, it's for anyone of any faith or any background. 
It's just one of dozens of ways Islamic Relief USA is looking out for our neighbors. To learn more, visit IRUSA.org. Islamic Relief USA, working together for a better world. Welcome back to Success Freaks, episode 272, Entitlement. Before the break, we were talking about entitlement. Over to you, Mordent. (laughs) (laughs) What were you talking about? You were saying something specifically uh, uh, about people. Oh, about how 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 hard you worked to get something, get a job moving forward. You've had an education. You've had you put in the hours, uh, and and somebody's calling you, and then you don't get the job, so you kind of get a little whiny about it. Rightfully so. You you know we're allowed to reel from the punch, and somebody says, "Well, you know, you're just being entitled." Oh, contraire. To me, entitlement is, as I said before the break, that is where you feel that you are owed something. The world owes me a living, yo. And it doesn't. It does not do that. Even if, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push a little bit back against you because I've had to learn this. Even if you've moved towards a certain direction in something and you're like, okay, this is the way I'm going to go and it's not working out, you're going to have to make an adjustment and go somewhere else. It may be changing the job, changing the career, changing the way you do things. But if you just stay there too long complaining about, but I should have this, this is how this should work out. Yes, but it's not. What are you going to do about it? You know, and some of these, some of the people growing up there, you can see that when they get used to other people taking care of stuff for them. Get used to it, whether it's mommy and daddy or or somebody, you know, a teacher at school or something. And they're they're not they're not given the opportunity to make the mistakes themselves and then have to fix them. It's a difficult thing to do. Uh, I I am not a parent, but I'm around a lot of uh, parents and children. So I get to watch it and what take what I say with a grain of salt because I'm not a parent. But it's I imagine that it's muy difficile, very difficult to be able to watch your child about to do something that may hurt them or, you know, emotionally, physically or whatever and stay your hand so that they can learn from it. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, face planting on a hot stove. I am talking about maybe getting a little too close to a, a you know, a <laughs> let them let them uh, uh, they got to learn. Let em. <laughs> now, little Johnny, don't do that again because, you know, that's how you lost your other hand. Stop. <laughs> Do you really want to lose the left far. one too? <laughs> but, but you know, parents have become enablers in a way. Oh no, let me take care of this because you you have this sense of I want my their life to be better than what my life was, and you forget that your life is better because you had to make it that way. Then they don't have the skills that you have. They don't grow up with the skills that you have about first of all enduring something going wrong emotionally being able to work their way through that it's like parents fighting taking the fight out of the room kids get to see the beginning of the fight they don't get to see how you guys resolved it they just get see they see the beginning then they see everything hunky-dory hopefully but they don't get to see how you resolved it you need to you know allow them to experience this that's how they learn you know so you it's got to be careful with being an enabler otherwise the kid's going to be like no i don't want to do that anymore no i don't want to have to deal with that i shouldn't have to and and then then as they get out into the real world um they're they're somewhat maybe socially or or work-wise or dealing you know coping wise they're handicapped and you know what are they going to do then you're not going to be there for them forever you're not going to be able to take care of them so yeah what do you think? About well, that? and I think, I mean, this is a whole other 
conversation about parenting, which also I am not one. But parenting is different from what it was when we were kids, when I was a kid, when you were a kid, because of technology, like I said. Like, when we used to go to restaurants when we were kids and our parents would take us to restaurants, if we started fussing, they couldn't just throw a smartphone at us and ignore us. And now a lot of parents can do that. Not that I'm saying a lot of parents do, a lot do, but, you know, a lot of people use technology to placate their children and um, give them exactly what they want in lieu of letting them throw the tantrum and you know trying to instill good behavior and so I think it's hard it's a totally different way of raising your children to not be entitled now because of how much is available at our fingertips like in a second it's so difficult and like my generation who is raising people right now I think it's easy to try and you know it's that same like there was a a thing going around a few years ago about how kids these days you know when we didn't get first second or third place somewhere like at a science fair we all got the green participation ribbon and nobody learned what it was like to lose and I think there's some validity to that that you know like yes be proud you participated but you don't get a prize for it you don't get a ribbon like you don't need to be coddled but for some reason like it's like our generation is like super like we're the we're the boy in the bubble like we get coddled and and especially like the generation after mine um and it's frustrating for someone like me who is now you know I'm 28 and I'm very self-aware of the way that other people like I've spoken about this before the way other people act and when I hear somebody do something or see somebody do something that really rubs me the wrong way like just little pet peeves or big ones, I use that to change myself. And I have found so much of changing my attitude about being, quote unquote, like being entitled um, because of the way I've seen other people act, like knowing how hard they did not work and just to hear them complain about the things they're not getting for zero work. That makes me so angry. And I there's just a point sometimes where you have to like check yourself and realize how much the way you were raised impacts how you think about things and that you can make the choice to change that. And I think the way that things are now for like millennials, we were all raised to get that green participation ribbon. And now you get into the workforce with your bachelor's degree and, you know, a few years of experience and they're like entry level, 10 years of experience required. And you're like, what? I am not qualified for this, but like I worked and got my degree and you feel like you should get more, but you don't like you have to check yourself. So I think, I don't know. I just think I seriously, I have one foot on either side of the line and I am equally as passionate about both, but I can't pick a side. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. I, it's I'm just the millennial like, in me. I'm so entitled to be able to have opinions well, on both sides. And everything swings. The pendulum swings. So uh, I think the next generation, people are, it's going to start swinging back and they're going to start not coddling their kids. It's like, I don't want them to be coddled like I was. I want them to be able to, to deal with it. Or because, you know, the parent that the now parent that was so coddled are, are going to be so annoyed with the kids that they're going to be a little rougher with yeah. them. And those kids will learn to deal with that, that roughage. And then their kids are going to coddle because they didn't like the way they were brought up. Rough. <laughs> it just goes, it goes, it goes back and forth. It goes back and forth. Yeah. There was a, uh, I, I have the book. I have the guy. 
and I can't remember the story I wanted to tell, which is really annoying. Goldilocks me and the Three Bears. Right now. So what? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, you. <laughs> so you have to, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be careful with that enabling thing. It's bad. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> well, and I mean, I think, like I said, I think there's something to be said for realizing where you are in this cycle. Depending, I mean, it could be your age or it could just be the way you were brought up. You could be, you know, like in your 50s, but you were brought up really sheltered and coddled. And it's you there's just I think if you realize that you feel like the world owes you so much and you're so entitled all the time and you never get what you want and you're so depressed and you just feel like I deserve all this. I think that the the level up from this, which we can we'll get to in a few segments, but I think that it's how somebody can come back from that and how they can self-adjust to make those changes to not feel entitled because I feel like depending on your personality and that kind of thing feeling entitled and not getting anything and just constantly feeling entitled is such a cycle of misery oh yeah oh yes and we will definitely talk more about this in the next segment which is coming up with a quickness right about now welcome back to success freaks episode 272 entitlement you deserve this show face it you do ah. now we've been talking about entitlement for a while but i want to bring up something else that that also success freaks came brought up was trigger words and she related a story to me where it's starting to happen in college campuses now that these 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 kids who are now college age were so coddled that they're they now have what they call trigger words you can't talk to me about that we can't talk about that subject we can't because it, it's a trigger word for me so we have to talk about something else now i looked it up urban dictionary says it's uh, a topic a phase or a word that emotionally sets someone off could refer to angry anger or reliving a traumatic experience sometimes this is logical other times it's like an attention grab it's also and then in a harsher way of putting it, it said a word that is often used often by idiots on Tumblr to justify their bitchy attitudes, most of whom don't know what a real traumatic experience is. So and I found an article called The Coddling of the American Mind. And it, this is uh, in the name of emotional well-being. College students are increasingly demanding protection from words and ideas that don't they don't like. And here's why that's disastrous for education and mental health. And then the the article is right there. And it talks about, well, no, we don't want to talk about, you know, what was it? It was uh, a lawyer, a, a class on law, and they did not want to talk about rape law because um, that's a trigger word for me. We can't talk about that. It's like, but we need, we need to talk about this. This is a class on lawyering, and it, this is part of the thing so that you can learn how to deal with it. And that's the problem. Uh, something that I, I found somewhere else it basically said that that avoiding something because it bothers you is not helping you work yourself through it. So you know you coddling yourself and going, no, I, I can't look at that. That's that's a that makes me uncomfortable to even look at there. Um, sometimes, like uh, an example, this is not emotional. This is more physical. I I have this one. There's quotations around the word dream. I have this dream of going into a pet store and having a tarantula crawl on me. It will freak me the <laughs> F out. Because 
because I'm not a spider fan. Spider fan, spider fan. I am not a spider fan. Uh, that sounds like it's copyrighted. It, it, I know I changed it so it's a parody, so it's legal. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Moving on. So anyway, <laughs> so anyways, that's that's a way of of working through my issue, and and there are certain things that I I need to do for my my work life and everything, and of course I drag my feet or stick my you know head in the sand or no I don't want to have to deal with that, so I'll work on this stuff over here and working through those issues, I can just ignore it and go no I don't want to do that right now, or I can uh, basically it's uh, on some level you're allowing yourself to be a victim of what you dealt with or what you went through years ago, decades ago. Now, it could have been really traumatic or it could have been a small thing. You know, I was bitten. I used to, when I was a kid, I used to play with spiders. I mean, a very young kid before third grade. And I had this image of my father picking me up and dragging me out of, uh, carrying me out of a ditch. And I'm like, no, I remember. He goes, no, no, it's an ant bite. He's no, it was a spider bite. I don't remember what happened before. I don't remember what happened after. But I remember never playing with spiders again after that point. Probably best. <laughs> Probably worked out for me. However, uh, that's why. You know, finding a, a way to, to deal with these things. I Phobias. have an opinion. Oh, thank God. Please do. I don't think it's fair. This is my millennial side. I uh, do not think it is fair to decide for somebody who is young what they are and are not triggered by. I don't think that it is fair to say that we're spoiled by having trigger words. And I don't think it's fair that you should make people talk about things so that they can get through them if they're not ready. Uh, From personal experience, having been assaulted, I, you might not be ready to talk about it and you might not be ready to talk about it for years. And I don't think that people who would sign up for a law class where they know they're going to have to talk about like sexual assault law or rape law. I don't think that that is smart of them to just put themselves in a situation that they know they're going to be uncomfortable in. Um, However, like for instance, people who use the word rape as a verb um, or, you know, in a situation that it is clearly not that uh, like, you know, Oh my gosh, I totally got raped on that test. Woo. I got an 85. Isn't that terrible? Or, Oh yeah, I went to go buy a car and they raped me on the interest. Mm, You know what? Like, Ah, that really upsets me. That really upsets me when people use that that way. And it's not fair, I think, if somebody is triggered by the word tarantula because maybe (laughs) they have had a bad experience or they have a bad recurring dream. If they aren't ready to move forward from that, I don't think it's fair to just go, oh, you're so spoiled with your trigger words. Aren't you so sensitive? And that applies, I think, for all generations. But again, because my generation and younger are on Tumblr, and that's a thing, and Tumblr is its whole own entity. Um, I think it's, I, I mean, like I said, I'm pretty firmly in the opposite camp from you on this one, that when someone's ready to move on, they can, but it's not fair. It's the same thing with sexual assault, like when people go, oh, did she really or he really get assaulted, or are they just crying wolf? Are they just saying it? Do they really have a trigger with this word, or are they just saying it to be you know, edgy and seen as it used to be called. Um, That's not your choice to make. And it's not, I don't, I don't think that somebody saying I have a trigger word and I don't want to talk about that. um, I don't think that that's something to be mocked or thrown upon a certain generation just because we're spoiled because we're not at the end. Okay. And you have some very valid points there. Uh, How do you feel about grammar Nazi? Um, 
that one's a little... My thoughts on that have changed in the recent um, year with the election. Um, it's fine. It's not. I don't... I've said it. I got... The reason I'm, I'm bringing it up is because uh, I've used the word before and or for what yeah. it is and, 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 and the, with the intent of what it is is somebody that's, you know, really like like in Jerry Seinfeld, soup Nazi, right. you know, different things like that. Um, I got called out for it. Yeah. And that's so something, you know, they might have. Now, it's not that's not your trigger words, but I wanted to bring something that that didn't affect you emotionally so that you can look at it and go, huh, they're just words. They are. I am not. I am not minimalizing your experience with it. I will say that that uh, what the example I gave you was an extreme. However, uh, college, and I I believe you've gone to college. I have gone to college. Your mom goes to college. Ha! My mom. <laughs> Nailed uh, college it. is is a a rough and ready place for you to to deal with stuff. You are there. There. It's not high school. They're not gonna. They're not gonna coddle you there. They're not gonna. If you show up and go to class, you pay for your class. If you show up, great. If you don't, you'll get the grade that you're gonna get. All these different things. So it's it's supposed to be a very challenging, very you know that that you see the that when they used to have TV shows about colleges, they're like, look around you. Ninety percent of you will be flunky out of this class or dropping it. That's true. And that's why, because those people that take those classes when they graduate and they graduate from those or finish those classes, they are the best of the best. And there's a reason for it to be like that. So that, you know, college is, is not is not high school 2.0. It's supposed to challenge your mind. It's supposed to be confronting on some levels with new ideas. And you're supposed to be able to bring those back and throw those at the teacher as well. It, if you are a little too hands off. If if a college professor has to change his curriculum because the students are going, oh, no, I can't deal with that. Now, again, the rape language, that's that's an extreme that I brought up. But there's other things. too. Right. And just because. Oh, no. I, just because it's not as, know, as extreme doesn't mean it's any less valid in my. Where's my green ribbon? Right. <laughs> what, what, and that's what I'm likening it to. It, I, I see what you're saying, what you know, what your point of view is. But when it gets to the point of changing something that's important to a college course, he, they're not just whipping oh, no, this no, out, no. these, these lang- you know, this language out and say, and, and just trying to uh, just trying to mess with the students like, no, we have you have to learn this. This is something you're going to deal with. But uh, one of the points of the article that I that I looked at said that the college professor is like, I'm scared of my students because they're going to complain about something. I don't know. I don't know what to do here. You know, and I have to teach this course. He'll be in the right, So I have though. to teach a watered-down version of it. He would be in the right, though. I mean, he's not, like I said, like, again, very extreme example, but he's not using it just nonchalantly. He's using the word as it as right. the way it is actually used. Um, so I... My yeah. point is, my point is that if you're not, if the children are not exposed to a little bit of a rough time, a little bit of losing, a little bit of getting hurt, a little bit of of having to fix something they broke. Yeah. Whether yeah. it was an accident or not. If they don't do that, then later on in life, they're going to go, no, no, where's my green ribbon? Mm-hmm. 
And we'll talk more about that when we come back. What happens when a self-help comedian and a social media manager both have a passion for podcasting and come together to support a common cause? A podcast is born. So what exactly is the Water Relief Podcast? Each week, BC Dodge and R. Mordant Mon from the Success Freaks Podcast sit down with staff members and volunteers to talk about IRUSA efforts in the United States and abroad. So how can you listen to the podcast? Download from IRUSA.org. You can also find it on Blueberry.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. Subscribe and download the Water Relief Podcast today. Go. Oh, welcome back to Success Freaks, episode 272, <laughs> where I was talking about something and I will continue to talk about something because I'm not entitled and I don't always throw it to Mordant. We were talking about entitlement, weren't we? Well, don't answer that. It's my turn to talk. And... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. You're. This is great. <laughs> You're just relaxing. It's fine. Aren't you so entitled to a break? Because I always quote unquote throw it to you. <laughs> did I say something in the break? Oh, that just, did you, you say know. exactly that? Did you say exactly that Maybe. in the break? Maybe. Uh huh. Sure. So, um, <laughs> we've been talking about entitlement, and our last segment here, we usually try and talk about leveling up. How you can level up from this. I think it's funny because I'm sure that the difference in the people listening to this right now, whether they're closer to my age or closer to your age, they're either vehemently agreeing with me or you. (laughs) It's probably like every time I talk, somebody who doesn't agree is like, stop talking. You're so entitled. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. Like it's easy. It's a knee jerk reaction to just say someone's entitled. And I think if it's somebody, you know, if you're just like trying to hire somebody for your place of employment, you're trying to, you know, hire a new employee and everybody that's applying is entitled and you just think that they don't have anything to offer, there's more applicants out there. So just wait. But if it's somebody that already works for you or somebody that's a friend or family member and you want to actually make them aware of their entitlement, and I think there's a way to gently tell people, like, you know, you, like I'm, I'm not trying to start anything here, but you know how entitled that makes you sound because you haven't done any work towards that or you haven't experienced anything that would make you have that opinion and um, giving the chance for there to be the dialogue of why they think that way or if they do think that they've earned it, if they've worked towards it, or maybe just giving them that little um, push to 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 make that self realization that maybe I am entitled and maybe that is why I'm unhappy because I know when I feel like I'm working so hard towards something and nothing is working out the way I want it to this happens on YouTube constantly like when you are working and putting in work and um, putting out content and doing so much behind the scenes and then your channel isn't growing or you don't feel like you're getting the exposure you want it's really easy to go I'm entitled to that. Look how much I've worked. And a couple years ago, I dropped that because it made me so unhappy. It made me so unhappy to look at my YouTube channel and go, I've worked so hard. Why am I not like a super famous YouTuber, which now I know is not what I want. Um, So that was, you know, those grapes are probably sour. (laughs) Do I sound like that? Uh, No, you're higher. Thanks. Is that your I'm mocking entitled people voice? Yeah, no, I'm just joining it. I know, I'm kidding. Um, but I, I, it made me so unhappy to not get the success that I thought I had earned, which in reality, 
I had not. The it's a bigger, it's a huge pond. YouTube beauty videos. So why why keep going? Because it makes me so happy to do the to do the channel. It doing making the content and talking to people in the comments makes me happy. And I used to think that it was about the numbers, and it really isn't. I love making videos, and I love being funny and being myself and adding what I think is a unique. Uh, perspective and viewpoint to the beauty community which seems to just be so cookie cutter and I love that I love feeling secure in what I put out and feeling confident that what I'm putting out is is unique and um, that's all I really need as far as that goes um, but I had to check myself I had to check my entitlement to not feel so depressed every time I would go look at those numbers and be like but why and now I don't. I almost I almost never look at my numbers, which is not a great thing if you do want the growth, but I've learned that the the numbers is not what's important to me. They're nice if they if they come, but it's not something that I have to get because you just have so little control over something like that. So, I checked my entitlement. What about you? What's your level up? There's there's two ways of doing dealing with this. One was the way I'm going to hit it as well, which is the way that you hit it. And then there's one with the parents, which we also need to hit. What do you do if you're a parent and you're watching your kids and your kids are being coddled and you're taking care of everything and you're, oh, here, let me just pay for that or here, let me fix that for you or whatever. It's got to be the hardest thing in the world to stay your hand while you're watching your child F yeah. up <laughs> with the hopes that they're going to go out. Any parent who doesn't want their kid to play in football or, or some, some really rough sport because they're not able to be there to protect them. And they're not, but that's life. You you do the best you can, and you let them go. And when they break, you can hug them or whatever, but they got to learn to be able to pick themselves back up. Otherwise, they will never learn to pick themselves back up. So it's rough being able to do that, but you got to be able to do that. Now, if you find that you are a person who is, who is you know, lack of success because you feel so entitled and nothing's happening, and so you, you're depressed even because how come this is not working for me? I've done everything right. I've done I've done like I was growing up. Everything's fine. How come how come it's not just dropping in my lap? You need to learn to fail. You need to learn to do be okay with that. There's an expression called fail forward, which we thought we came up with, but actually comes from John C. Maxwell. And it is basically being okay with failure and realize that failure is a stepping stone to what you really want and that you're going to move forward with that. I say go and F things up in a glorious manner. Fail wonderfully. And then you'll figure out how to fix it as you move on. Because if you're able to do that, then, then you're able to deal with failure. And if you're able to do that, then you're able to figure out, you're able to figure out what it was that, that, that you need to do to fix it. You know, maybe your failure was a... a you know, serendipitous and that you this thing like like Kirsten, she doesn't want to become this great big YouTuber because of for whatever reasons, her own reasons. Th you know, maybe her not being successful is a blessing to her right now because you're like, wow, I really didn't want that. I just want this amount of success, you know, or maybe it is teaching you there's something you're not doing right that they're doing right. It's this is all a system. It's all a formula figure it out and move on well how come it's not working well, there's something you're not doing right anybody who's ever worked on a computer or trying to set up wireless with your printer and everything knows what that feeling's like why isn't this working it should be working how come this is not working i i was working on a uh being able to upload stuff from my computer to my website and i use this program that i this software that i've used before but it's because i i have 
haven't set it up yet. I, I set everything up and everything's working and now it won't upload. But I did everything. I said, everything's right. The passwords are right. Everything's working. Why I wanted to upload. And then I remember in my back of my brain, oh, wait, there was something else I did because it didn't work with my other computer. I got to figure what that thing is. So fail forward with that. Figure out what that is so that you can be comfortable with failure. So you can live with being uncomfortable. So you can dwell outside your comfort zone because that's why we're here to stretch ourselves, to push ourselves, to become more of what we can be and have fun doing it. If you're sitting back with your sense of entitlement, well, this should all come to you. Sure, sure, if you're really that strong of a person that can law of attract everything to you like that, if you are that, then then sure. But how's that working out for you? Is it working out for you? Or are you sitting there going, why isn't everything happening? And I'm kind of depressed and upset. If that's the case, then here's your golden opportunity to learn how to fix it and move forward. I mean, I've got a million things that I need to be doing. I got a million, you know, I talk here weekly on Success Freaks about things that, and, and the stuff that we talk about, I was talking to a friend of mine, and she goes, you sound like you have it so much together, I'm afraid to talk to you about stuff. I'm like, girl, the stuff that I talk about on Success Freaks is the stuff that I need to work it's on. It's a lie. Still. Still. Yeah. It's true. And anybody, anybody who, who does this kind of motivational thing, you always have that sense of uh, being a false prophet being full of hooey you know there's always that but realize too that even the big wigs they feel it too so you try to walk your walk you walk your talk you try to be live honestly with yourself and with others and uh, i keep talking about it because eventually maybe i'll listen one of these days i see other people listening and things that were you know that my friend that i was talking to she goes yeah i heard you talking on success freaks and now i'm doing this and this and this and this and i was like i wish i listened to that after 272 awesome. episodes you still don't listen to yourself huh Something I do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I do. Uh-huh. I do. I'm just coddling myself. I was going to say, now. sounds pretty entitled of you. So, uh, have you ever seen the movie Fight Club? I don't talk about that. <laughs> it was wonderful. First rule. Anyways, in, in Fight Club, there's a there's a scene where he goes, "I want you to go out and pick on somebody, and I, I pick. I want you to go out and pick a fight with somebody." He didn't say it had to be bigger or smaller or anything. He said, "I want you to go out and pick a fight with a stranger, and I want you to lose." on purpose so you can feel what it feels like to lose so sometimes you're going to find something and you're going to go i can't do that i wouldn't succeed at that good go out and do it you actor types you know exactly what i'm talking about audition for the sake of auditioning and and you know what what happens when you audition you're like i'm not gonna get it i don't care i'm just gonna do it a lot of times you get the part because you're not worried about it. you're just you and they want to see a real person in this role so find something to fail at Find something, pick a fight with something, something in your life, and feel free to lose and move forward. I like that. Thanks. It's good. It's good. It's really good. You did a good job. <laughs> We're such jerks. Yes. It's fine. I'm entitled to be a jerk. All right. Do you have anything else on this topic that you wish to discuss? No. I, I think... I've said what I needed to say. Self-reflection. All right. <laughs> well, coming up next is, of course, on Beyond Success Freaks, and hopefully we'll be talking about something exciting there. But we will find out. So we hope we have not coddled you too much in these previous segments. We'll be right back. Welcome back to on Beyond Success Freaks. I'm a really nice person. <laughs> and I didn't say something kind of mean in the break. 
<laughs> not at all. Ding. And if, if you have a chance to listen to us uh, or if you give to us via Patreon, if you like what you're hearing here and you wanted to, to quote unquote tip us for an episode or for a few episodes or, or for every episode, that's up to you. Every time you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com and you will hear some of the in-between stuff that where um, I was super nice, had, where I was super nice, where you, where you Kirsten is super nice. She's super nice. I'm real nice. She's very nice. Do you have anything going on this week? What's going on in the yeah. world of Mordant? She totally threw it to me. You see that? See that? Didn't take it herself. Threw it to me. Because every time <laughs> we finish segment four, you go, and what do you have going on? And you just attack me. You never have something ready. So now I'm throwing it to you. What do you have going on what this do week? I have going on? Well, I am here in North Car- North Kakalaki. Having a good time. I've got do four that. more weeks. Yeah, well, I just do it all the time. I'm just a man of... Of, of entitlement. Man, habit. Thank you. <laughs> habit. That was your entitled habit. Yep. So uh, I'm just uh, here in North Carolina doing the festivals. We Last week we had student days, so this is the first time that I've had a little while, a full week off. And by off, there's quotation marks. We're getting ready to open the Louisiana show. None of these things are exciting. See, I'm a boring guy. No, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. I got a trainee at work. Oh, which um, you have you have a minion. I do, I do. I love minions. <laughs> You're so stupid. We have minions at the <laughs> festival too. Uh, so, aren't they glorious? Well, okay. So, um, I've talked about how I can't discuss where I work, but basically, like the training for what I do. Yeah. You know, first of all, you've only talked about that to me. We've never mentioned it on the show. Thanks for making a big deal out of it. So let's move on. Well, I can't. And I don't want people right. to be like, why is she being so vague? I can't, per the request of my employer. So, uh, Or she'd have to kill us. Right. All of us. I can't tell you, otherwise I'd have to kill you. Um, but I love what I do. But training is, it can be pretty stressful because of the nature of... Because you're a ninja. Right. Because the nature of ninja-ing is very stressful. <laughs> and before, when we were talking about like letting people fail, that is really hard in what the training is because the training for the portion that I'm training is 19 weeks. Um, and it's, it, that's the, that's a point in the training where you have to let the person fail and it's hard. It's super difficult. So is it, is it like the Kobayashi Maru? Gesundheit. <laughs> you don't even know what that is. No. <gasps> Turn in your nerd card. I don't... Give us back your minion. <laughs> What is wrong with you? It's from Star Trek. It was the. It was oh, the test that's that with Obi Wan Kenobi and Yoda, right? Uh, uh, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, you just broke. You me. did that to me, and I told you how much I love mix, mixing Star Trek and Star Wars. Mash up, mash up. <laughs> so, anyways, now that it, now that you've added yourself and you let us know that you're a minion, you're gonna have to kill us all. But that's fine. But why don't you tell us what it's like being a, uh, or not a minion, a ninja? Why don't you tell us what it's like being a ninja? What What do you mean? What it's like being that's a ninja? Your, like, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's your job. It's about your ninjaing. Um. So I ninja and I wear all black. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do. You're really bad. I actually game. do wear all black. No, do not. You know what? Do not. I am just fine at this game. I'm very good at being a ninja, and I'm very, very stealthy and very quiet. <laughs> Nobody ever hears me when I walk into the room. I kick the door down and say, I am a ninja. 
You're like a show tunes ninja. Yeah, da, 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 N-I-N-J-A ninja. Yeah. <laughs> so my advice to everybody is just turn it off. Turn off the show right now <laughs> because this is going to, you got six more minutes of this not stuff. Gonna and it's, and we ain't turning back. it's not getting better. It's not getting better. But I, when yeah. we were in the show talking before about like letting people fail, I am going through that <laughs> right now with my trainee. That's what I was throwing it to. Thanks. That's what's going on in my life. No, that's good. That's good. So uh, is it difficult to do that? Is it difficult to watch them do that? Or are you just like, okay, everybody goes through this. Let's see how you fail. It's more about how you it fail. It is and how they how they get themselves back out of it. Um, the, the way that the job is, when someone's training, there's no mistake they make that I can't fix. Everything can be fixed. Everything can be adjusted and, and redone. Um, but the way that the job works is like it's not just us there's a lot of other people involved and so sometimes letting them fail might mean you're not sure if that's a compromise to the safety of the other people involved or not and that's where it's tough because there's failing that she needs to do and then there's failing that nobody can do (laughs) and it's like even someone who's on their own and you have to differentiate between which one that is and when to jump in and do it for them because that's a fail that no one can do. So that's where we're at um, because she's that far along in her training that she needs to start failing and making mistakes and getting herself out of them. But I am still like, I still want to jump in and fix them all for her. And so I'm like, nope, she's got to learn. But then I'm like, ooh. And then I jumped in on one and I was talking to one of the supervisors after and I'm like, I should have jumped in on that, right? Because that was like kind of a big deal. And she was like, I would have jumped in on that too. I'm like, okay, because that's part of training also is like you need to check yourself and know when you're just jumping in for the sake of you just want it done the right way and your way or when you're jumping in because it is a safety issue. Well, does it also teach them what's the difference between something that they need to work out themselves and something they need to ask help for? For sure. But at the same time, once you're on your own, you know, you don't have, if it's a split second decision, you don't always have time to just go and ask for help. So it helps teach them what are split second decisions and what the right one is. Because there, there's a lot of the decisions that come up constantly and there's pretty much always one right answer. So it's not like every scenario is a thousand times different and what do I do? Like, but learning which ones are the the more important ones and which ones are the ones that are less important, that's also good for them to see as well. So failing forward. <laughs> yeah, it is a it is how you learn how to do stuff. It is it, because when you do that, it removes that 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 fear of, oh, I'm going to mess this up. Well, yeah, you are. You're gonna you're supposed to. So do it. Do it so you can move on. It's a, you know each one of these things is is that that stepping tone, stone towards be, towards being able to hone things, to be able to towards that success that you want, to make the finding that sweet spot. That's how you it's how you learn how to play any kind of game. It's how you learn how to you know if you're learning how to do yo-yos, you're going to do it very badly or or do a frisbee. I, I remember a bunch of us were trying to learn how to do frisbees in a and a you know tricks with the frisbees. And a couple of us actually learned how to do it, but that those are the ones that that kept with it the ones that kept at it and uh, you know i wasn't i did it for a little while and then because i've been coddled all my life i was like yeah i'm not gonna do yeah that. well and there's also <laughs> you know like i can you can only teach somebody so much before you have to put them on their own and then they have to learn through experience and figuring out themselves so you know you teach them as much as you can all the basics as much of the 
beyond like you know the intermediates as you can but it's not until they're on their own and they have to start calling those shots for themselves that they start to really get a handle on the more advanced stuff because right that's just the nature of it if somebody else is going to make the decision for you you don't have to take the accountability for that decision but then once you're on your own and it's you making that decision you're accountable and you start to learn what decisions you're comfortable with and if a supervisor pulls you aside you know an hour later and they're like hey that thing you did don't do that again then you learn like yeah, t- like mm. 20 people are dead now <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> you're a bad ninja that, bad ninja no biscuit. right <laughs> oh i need that on a bone pin can you make that happen <laughs> <laughs> you're talking to the wrong tortuga hey it's fine you're all the same joking joking thanks <laughs> joking don't be mad at me please please give me a biscuit i'm not Okay. <laughs> when I see you in Arizona, I'll give you a biscuit. Here you go. It'll be from uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Have this biscuit. I bought it on the day that we recorded that biscuit episode <laughs> four months ago. Gross. That's disgusting. So, is anybody still with us? <laughs> is anybody still listening to this Hey, episode? Ninja Biscuits. We- Ninja Biscuits are the, all the rage now. So. Yep. And sorry, I'm not sorry. That's pretty cool. Ninja Biscuits, that actually sounds pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be a bad ninja because that's how I would walk into somewhere that I was supposed to be ninjaing. I'd walk in. Or maybe that was just the distraction. Ooh, for the real you ninja know. who's behind Look you. Over here. Look at this over here. Yeah, I'm the distractor. I'm the what is it called? The distractor decoy. <laughs> yeah, that. I'm, I'm, I'm the, the the distracting distractor. So when I go duck hunting, I put out those wooden distractors. Yep, that's what they're called. You're welcome. Quack, right. quack. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I sure have, do you have anything else? No, Kirsten? I'm done. I'm very done. <laughs> I hope that you've enjoyed this, this wild, Mr. Toad's wild ride of a show <laughs> that we did today. And we will be back, of course, in just another week. Uh, unless everything implodes on us, which, you know, or the ninjas descend because we were talking about this. This has been our Morning Mom. And I'm the not quite millennial entitled ninja who still wants biscuits. <laughs> Ciao, success freaks. Boom, baby. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.